Hello and welcome to Do The Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple problem. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Exactly. So to solve this issue, we're issuing a challenge. Each week you sit down and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about the rest of the stories sent in by your wonderful listeners. Exacto mundo. We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A doof, a doof media. media production. I just decided to say doof media. We are a doof media, I would say. Yeah, one of one, one of many doofs. One aspect of the many mm-hmm. the many-faced doof god. Yeah, one uh, one a quadrant. Hey, do you know that we're m- working on merch? Like, we're gonna have like some good, cool merch soon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, where where could I get this? You merch? can't yet because we're working on it. But there's mm. gonna be a bunch of different things. We'll be able to get uh sweatshirts with all of the logos on it. And now, hey, Jarvis, now now we actually have a good logo. So Ooh. I'll actually want to wear one of those. <laughs> Yeah, I'd um, love to, to wear a, a do a do the right thing. Uh, yeah, hoodie. yeah, um, or uh, another hoodie with like all of the logos, like in a big square on the back. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. Like a like a grid of them. Or 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 I need to run this by um, the the people uh, on the network that are taking charge of this. Um, but uh, what if we just got all of the logos? Okay. And we just superimpose them on each other to make one uber doof Ooh. logo, right? That combined all the best traits from each one. So like it's like an ink splatter, but inside the ink splatter it says doof, right? And then mm. and then um, there's three characters, a king slinger, a king slinger on on it as well, a door, and then there's also. Um, I don't remember <laughs> most of our logos. Uh, there's a uh, worm on it. There's a worm on it. A bug being pulled apart inside the ink splatter. Mm-hmm. And it is the one that is saying doof. And um, there's a pact. Mm-hmm. There's a pact, uh, a dice. And then there is a little speech bubble from the bug who's being pulled apart. Right. And it says, mm, what you say on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, I can see that as like a sort of avant-garde art piece. Yeah, somewhere. we actually, you know what? That gives me an idea for a new podcast. Are you are you ready for this? Um, sure. Maybe I shouldn't include this because this is kind of. I feel like this is this is too intense just to be released to the public. But what if we um, got all of the recordings of our first episodes, right? Of all the podcasts on the network, mm. and then we just played them all at the same time to create the uber mm. the uber doof podcast i mean imagine how much more efficient that would be to listen to all of the doof podcasts you could just listen to yeah, one definitely. episode and you'd be listening to seven podcasts at the same time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah we would we would basically uh ed- we would basically uh edit it to where everything lines up mm-hmm. and so it's just the the next person talking after the other right there, there will be like five different conversations conversations going it's on but of, i think most people can parse it out yeah it's kind of like you're just like in a room in like a crowded restaurant and you're just listening mm-hmm. in to every conversation around you at the same time in fact maybe exactly. we, we could program it so like people could like plug it into their um surround sound systems and so, like, each individual speaker would just be, like, a different conversation, like, at a different table. We'd also add some ambiance for cafe noises, I think. And then yeah. we could call it, like, Doof Cafe or something. 
I think mm. we should. I think we should pursue this. I don't think it's been done before, and I, I don't know why. No. But I don't know either. Yeah, you know, I feel and, like you know, it's either a, way. This will this will definitely help help people to be a lot less lonely. Exactly, because they'll be surrounded by a whole group of their all their favorite people, mm-hmm. um, which is us. That's us. We're the favorite people. Yeah, one favorite, two favorite, three favorite, four. Four. That's yep. It's was that a Doctor Seuss thing, or were we just counting? Were you just that was kind of a uh, Doctor Seuss Seuss thing. I was going to try and, like, rhyme more, um, but then I was like, oof, I'm not good at rhyming, so I stopped. <laughs> okay, well, um, let's get into the main portion of today's <laughs> episode, which yeah. um, I believe is, uh, we're talking about a story of yours, actually, so. Mm, so, yeah, this, uh, I'm going to bring you another one of a uh, story that I wrote for one of my classes. This one is shorter. It is a one-sentence essay, so... Yeah, it was uh, it was a really hard hard time really crafting this one, you know, making it all flow within one sentence without while also giving meaning to it. So yeah, I'm just eager to see how this turns out and how y'all feel about mm-hmm. it. Um, so as I, I noticed the note at the top that says that you are imitating the style of a particular um, artist and one of their pieces. Could you tell me a little bit about who that artist is and what kind of writing that you are you were uh, taking guidance from? Oh yeah, so uh, this was a, uh, a uh, imitation of the the CD corner by uh, Kimberly Garza, which was just one of the um, various uh, various authors that that we've read in in the class and and she's pretty good she does a really great job of um mixing in the physical with the emotional really really well um and i know with with that one i think it was talking about addiction which i think was a really good good topic for the uh, one for the one sentence essay but I think that this story specifically was trying to capture the anxiety you would get from just, you know, having these these vices, but while also having everything else in your life happening all at one time. So uh, I was definitely trying to capture that sort of quick and um, fast paced uh, feeling uh, throughout this, which, you know, I don't know if I did it, but, you know, hopefully it's it, it's something. It's something. Yeah, and uh, we'll get into what that something is. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about before we get into it, so it looks like for this assignment, you also had to use a certain number of craft elements. Um, and that's the first one, which I don't know what it is, polysinitin, and that's poly with two L's, and then sinoten, S-I-N-O-T-O-N. I don't know what that is. So basically, it is uh, it is repetition of something throughout um, that typically happens in the beginning and and the end. So it's so it's sort of like a um, like a uh, echo, mm-hmm. but it's it is perfectly mimicked within form and um, fashion. Okay. Um, so yeah. So yeah, that basically with with that session, we just have to list out every sort of craft element that we used, and yeah, that was definitely the the first one that I set out to do because because I do like it, um, especially within these personal uh, within these personal essays when you do re repeat certain things to not only come up with flow and a tone, but also to add more importance on that thing that is being repeated. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay, yeah, let's get into the reading. Sure, sure. This is a southern suburb. The worst high school in Pflugerville, Texas, appropriately named Pflugerville High, was far more homey and somber than, than its Alcatraz-esque 60 days in exterior paint job of chalky white bricks, high ceilings, rusted staircases that led to locked doors, dying grass that clung to jeans, and a dollar store tile that smelt of water damage. But for a suburb plagued with a grungy, gothy, hipster aesthetic, the superficial kind, of course, that's more accomplished in our neighboring city of Austin. It was not about how things looked, even though looks were everything, or acted, even though you had to act a certain way to be somebody, or smelled or itched, but how they felt about their humble beginnings and childhood friends, how they fed in to the songs that defined us, and the story we we tell in our wake. Everyone, from freshman to, to senior, the main character of their own story that has to, has to, end in glory and accolades that, that would give these long hot days purpose beyond time spent. At least that's that's what we thought. What I thought when I was 17. We we bought in on the idea that that we could all be great and and spent those those lonely nights dreaming about our painful youth. The heartbreaks and broken hearts and how it was nothing more than than character developments that would evolve us into a force to be reckoned with. That will one day put put Fluorville on the map for for everyone to see and love and despise in the same fashion we did. Oh, how none of that happened. How uh, most of us married off, divorced, mothered, OD'd, died, got got locked up, got kicked out, ran out of money, and moved to a bigger town where no one knew our names. We're so far from what we wished we we were promised. Okay, hell yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a a very poignant and kind of um, slow journey through the feelings of leaving high school behind and sort of the... Um, Growth is not the right word, but the changes that we go through afterwards and how they're not always for the best and how um, that very, like, those relationships that we um, began in in high school, not just with other people, with also ourselves, uh, were temporarily constructed. Um, I particularly like the the last line here. I I really focused a lot on it, actually. Um, The we're so far from what we wished we were promised um mm-hmm. as a sort of meaning of like not only were we not given this you know fantasy that we were you know thinking about but we weren't really told that that's what we were going to get in the first place it's something that comes mm-hmm. up sort of in media sometimes but it's not really something that i mean most of the a lot of the media that we use is actually trying to deal with that fact that we're not actually going to get these things um, and yet we're kind of still in denial about it a lot of the times, um, 
still wanting to be main characters and be significant. So I wanted to, to talk about what were the what was the feelings and the um, motivation for going through this particular topic for this essay. Um, yeah, so really, um, I, I really did start with that last line. Um, because during the, the time I was really uh, grappling with, with the fact that everything that happens in our childhood, all of our hopes and uh, dreams for the, uh, for the future are really looking through rose tinted glasses. We are really focusing on the idealistic possibility for, for our, our life. And I found as I got older that, okay, Yes, I do have hopes and I do have dreams, but just because I have those doesn't mean it's it's going to work out. In uh, in fact, it it doesn't work out more more times than it does. So it, so for me, it was really just grappling with the the fact that I am not where I want to be, and I feel that that's true with, with a lot of people that I uh, grew up with. You know, I'm. I'm thinking of, you know, some of my friends now who aren't in the place that they thought they would be in their 20s, right? Right. And how they would talk about it all day. It was like, yeah, by by like 25, I would uh, have a house, have a job, have a wife, yada, 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 yada. Only to sort of find out as we do get older that that stuff doesn't happen. Or or it does, but it doesn't happen on, on our own schedule sure how things within your your life happen when they happen and and that even if you do have passion and and drive for uh for something some things cannot be forced to to happen like like having your dream job being being in the dream spot um being married having a marriage work and like uh, certain things so yeah i was i was just really trying to focus on that and also I was really trying to see what quick little story or like whatever I could tell within a one sentence. Um, so I feel that's why I, I chose this one for the most part because I was able to really link in a good amount of de- description uh, while also really really harping on the feelings and sort of musing about the false the false the false promises of our youth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's an important thing to to muse on cuz like this really is the time where um things uh, our our journeys uh very much start to split off and Shift. be different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it starts really with the end of high school with like okay, I obviously there are plenty of exceptions for differences that happen earlier earlier. But um that this is the, that's the you know the big decision point of like whether people are going to college, whether they're going to join a workforce or go um, to another kind of uh, training school or, or so mm-hmm. many other like options that it can happen. And it's just um, that's where our, our experiences start to differ. But then, <laughs> there's a bunch of other ways where it does too, where some people get married, <laughs> which is wild to me um, yeah. for that early. Mm. Yeah, and sometimes that does work. Um, and then there's other times where it doesn't. And then that's a whole different kind of difference of experience. Um, as a as a bit of a tangent, something that I have thought of somewhat recently is just how like it's kind of harder to tell if people are like awkward now. I don't know if you noticed this, but like sometimes it's just harder to tell if like 
is are we just having trouble interacting because one of us has bad social skills or is it because we just have completely different experiences and we just don't have much to relate on um and we're just yeah. sort of coming out this with different expectations of how interactions are supposed to work right mm-hmm. um which i get that because because i know um especially when we were younger i feel that there was a huge uni- uh, uniformity of like what we're we're going through yeah to where if to where if like if like all else fails you can always talk about school right you can you can always talk about like a a hobby you know you probably all played games or like something like that to where Everyone was seemingly not on the same page, but at least in the same book, right? Yeah. But now, you know, people's lives have sort of branched off so, so far to where, yeah, it is hard to um, relate to someone who has a kid now. <laughs> yeah. Or, or um, someone who is just like super into something that they you know you're not into it's hard to find that common basis, really, because, you know, we, we don't have that inherent shared experience that our youth brings us, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I feel like that's definitely something that is as going through this aesthetic. I also feel like a lot of it is just the exploration of your own specific hometown of, of Pflugerville, mm-hmm. your, your yes. grungy, gothy, hipster country aesthetic, um, but only superficial. Um, yes, only only superficial and not as good as Austin. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Uh, mm-hmm. Without it, without a diss. Hey, I also came from suburban wastelands, so um, yes. it's relatable content. Suburban wasteland. Yeah. Do you ever <laughs> do you ever think about how it's actually really weird here? Actually, of how yeah, it's like we can drive awful. forever and it never will change, uh, mm-hmm. and will it'll just be more gas stations and WalMarts and. 35 miles per hour roads for yeah endless and then you know people people on their uh porches people talking be behind your your back people will smile mm-hmm. and, and 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 wave and you know uh talk to you like like you were their favorite person only to talk shit about you behind your back and it'd be superficial um but but i think that's that's just a southern suburb that's, yeah, that's what Texas is. It might is. be. For me, it's the, mm-hmm. it's the endless factor that is something. Also, complete different yeah. tangent. I just wanted to mention. Uh, so, do you, do you know the, the, the Vice show, uh, Hamilton's Pharmacopia? No. Okay, well, it's a show on Hulu uh, per, uh, produced by Vice where, like, a guy, like, does documentaries on drugs and stuff. Because uh, it's actually pretty entertaining and kind of funny. And it's, it's pretty well done. Um, but in the third season... Um, they uh, are investigating the origins of DMT. And did you know that the mm-hmm. guy who rediscovered DMT uh, was a Dentonite? He published his pamphlet, like, talking about the toads that DMT comes from in Denton, Texas. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So I'm watching this this show, and then suddenly there's a bunch of aerial shots of, like, of Denton. Denton. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and, like, the TW2, or TW2, TWU, like, the, the, the dorms, the, like only skyscrapers in the entirety of the town which are 15 story yeah. tall dorms um Damn. yeah yeah it was it was really That's weird crazy, yeah. yeah i like uh didn't know that but it also makes perfect sense it does that a white man rediscovering uh a psychedelic it, it very yeah. much feels very denton it was like an indie while, published while pamphlet yeah. yes yes um yeah no it yeah, I just thought it was really neat, but um, that's that's not really relevant to this. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> um, That's fine. Yeah, I, I also really like the sort of um, the visual aesthetic that you've you build up with um, the description of of Riverville right at the beginning uh, with with the school, the Alcatraz esque um, exterior paint job, the rusted staircases that lead to locked doors, which is a interesting thing to drop in there. Um, drying mm-hmm. grass that clung to jeans in dollar store dollar store tiles, the smell of water damage, like that's that's a, a vibe, and I I get that. Just a rundown school aesthetic, and this is just where you go. It, one thing I always noticed going to schools, um, and I'm pretty sure this is a universal thing, but it's like on the first day that you walk into a school, everything's so gray, right? Yes. Everything's so much more gray and dull, and eventually over the course of the year, you kind of get used to it, and then you do focus more on the things that are bright, like the posters or whatever. Mm-hmm. The first day you get in there, damn, they're depressing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's because as you, you, you go there, you slowly become gray, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's probably... One way to say it. Um, mm-hmm. You lose that glow that the summer gave mm-hmm. you. Also, you know, it's definitely that, like, wonderless. Like, you know, this is new. This is great. Th- uh, this is fun until it's not, you know? Yeah. Well, that and also I feel like fluorescent lights and beige walls don't really make for an encouraging uh, color <laughs> yeah, palette. Learning but... in environment, yeah. Yes. They should paint everything. Um, they should have red lighting. And uh, bright yellow walls everywhere, constantly. Mm, okay, very loud, very actually, avant-garde. Everything, the walls should be covered in um, art and painting and graffiti by the students. They can, they can take off the swear words and the dick drawings. Yeah. I understand that. That's fine. But... but- yeah, let them let them put up some uh, some art. That would yeah. definitely add some soul to uh, to a school. For sure, everyone. It, the first day of school, everyone should finger paint across the school. Everyone's given a bucket of paint, and they just dip their hands in and they just smear it over the walls however they want. I think that would be true. Um, that would be the ideal learning environment. I think this is like a common feeling for uh high school which is kind of like a sort of sad reminiscence like there was good things but also it's like mm, kind of a lot of lost time in there i feel like that's a, a um a sentiment that you're drawing out here yeah definitely that um even though it is fun um a huge thing is that when you do look back, and and of course, this could be a entirely personal thing, but it's really like, how much does it amount to? Like, mm-hmm. how much was was you being in theater really done for you? Be uh, beyond that that moment, and I think the like biggest thing with this is that when I went in, I just went in with with the with the idea. Or the the wish that someone, through all of my schooling, told me how the world really was. Right. You know how they like them actually giving it to me plain and t- and teaching us things that actually help us become better people, instead of us you know re reciting history and you know uh, science and, and like uh, yada yada. You know like even though of course those things are important for a uh, a uh, career it's still the the fact that no one really gave it to you plain no one really mm-hmm. explained what life 
outside of schooling really is. Yeah, it's weird because it's this entirely artificially constructed environment that um, only has like bare resemblances to uh, prisons and workplaces, um, but not any of the portions of life outside of that. In fact, it tells you to sacrifice the portions of your life outside of that for this artificially created environment. Um, yeah, it's funny. And there's, there's so many specific things that like they tried to prepare us for and they just did not work at all. I, I remember multiple projects about like, hey, research or college that you might go to. And I was just like, I don't even know what my priorities are supposed to be. Like, what am I supposed to be looking for? Yeah. When I or like, pick why a college? should you go to yes. college? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thought my presentation for that assignment was a joke because I was like, <laughs> I mean, I tried, but like every, you know, college I brought up was like, yeah, and like Matthew McConaughey went here. I don't know if that's important or something, but he did that. That's where he, he, this is the <laughs> college. That's where he went. Yeah. The, the sports team, they, they are like a bull or something love sports don't we and i just like i don't know it's just really hard to like understand it, it seems like most people uh pick the colleges to go off of literally just off of like legacy like someone in their family went there or they yeah. like toured like two places and it was the one with the slightly better impression and it seems very arbitrary and strange except in, unless if you're like looking for like ivy leagues or whatever um but um other than that yeah, yeah. no it's 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 strange it's strange yeah very strange. and also you know you you really do get probably the exact same quality of of schooling regardless of of where you really go pretty much i'm Which sure is, depending yeah. on departments and and stuff it probably varies as much within a single school as it does between schools yes exactly yeah um but yeah yeah so yeah yeah definitely when when it came to writing this this piece it was just Grappling with 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 all of that, trying to fit the the form, um, and also like during during this time, I was very uh very much into musing about Pflugerville, in certain certain like certain like uh, certain aspects of it because Pflugerville within itself is a very strange suburb, really stuck um, between. It being conservative, it being uh, liberal, it being grungy, it being straight, it being straight laced. Like it was just very much so a melting pot of everything Central Texas. Um, <laughs> okay, and yeah, I just I just really wanted to capture that within this piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did you also have uh, students going to class on horses? Um. Not to class. The, the, this one guy did leave school on a horse. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. No, that's but, you know, like, he consistently was, or just he once. He was a country guy. Oh, just just uh, just once. Okay. He was a uh, he was a country fellow that was part of our um, mechanics program. That's kind of funny. That yeah, I don't know. There's so, something ironic about that. <laughs> yes, very. You know, he's he's working on. On 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 cars, and then he he has a horse. That's one horse horsepower. Yeah, right. Of course, of course. Um, no, that's that's really interesting. Um, uh, yeah, that seems just like a Central Texas thing to go from your mechanics class home on a horse. I um, mm-hmm. I prove. Um, yeah. but what would you uh, upon a rewrite? What would you change? What do you think you learned writing this? 
Um, yeah, so I think the only thing that I would change upon a rewrite, um, because this one had a very strict word word limit, I, I would have probably pushed it more. Definitely sort of adding to the middle and the beginning so that that last line really does hit hit harder. I feel that the main point of this story was fairly set in, in stone. I just want to make sure on a second go that that concept is fully flesh, fleshed out to where the audience itself sort of lead is led to that con, uh, conclusion before we we even get there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I would say like one huge thing that I learned is um, well, honestly, just just this this form of the one sentence essay, how much it can really lead the story itself and also the uh, the writer to stay in one single moment and and de- and describe 12 different things that are that are uh happening I, uh, I yeah I just really like how the one sentence story is so con- contained yet yet vast to where it is this this one moment but you are able to describe not only the physical or the mental, but you can also go into the go into the metaphysical. You can also go into what what symbols this a moment is. So yeah, I I feel that there is a lot of stuff to play to play with within the one sentence essay. Yeah, what do you think um, makes it different from just using normal punctuation? Uh. Honestly, it's it's up to how it is being read, and then also flow. I found that the one sentence uh, essay typically is is read faster, but at the same time, as a writer, you have a lot of control over how people are are going to to read it because any any punctuation that you do put in it has even more of an of an impact. Than if you were to just put a uh, period, right? So yeah, I would say that the form itself is really putting the the concept and the story itself even further into the writer's hands, to where it feels like a more purposeful and full-bodied um, experience or or vision from the writer. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much everything that, that I want to say about this story. I think, of course, it was a really great experience writing it, and hopefully it is received well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so if y'all have any uh, thoughts you have on the one-sentence story, uh, whether Jarvis is specifically or any other rendition of the format, um, send, a, send a comment in. Um, but okay, let's get into the listener-submitted story section. Yes, yes. The listener submitted story section, the best section on Do the Right Thing. Um, so, the stories we will be reading from today are by No No Goodbye and Matt Said Words. And the first story we are going to be reading from is by Matt Said Words with part two, Scott. Flux. Yeah, so uh, this is ongoing from the ghost story um, uh, with Travis and Scott and the old man named Otto. Um, here, um, this one is from Scott's perspective as we leave that haunted room where, uh, Scott lost or tore his ears off, basically. Um, and he, he's being, uh, dragged, um, down the hallway into the elevator 
and then out uh, to somewhere by Travis as people sort of gawk. And we just the the story focuses on Scott's um, meandering perspective that seems muddled with the supernatural, uh, but also just like incredible like nausea and sickness and clearly just being in a very delirious state. And I really like how it shifts from just like the very physically uncomfortable, like him vomiting inside the elevator that, that the second it starts moving, um, to more supernatural-esque or, or dreamlike um, sort of feelings, like when he feels like he's falling asleep on a beach. Um, and there's this sort of shifting imagery from him, like, falling to the water, and then suddenly he's, like, going from a standing position to lying down on sand, and there's never, like, a transitionary period where he goes from being in the water to standing up. It's just something that is, has happened. Um, it's interesting, and I, I do like the, the dreamlike, um, nature of this scene. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I love how it's a mix of a trippy but also dire. Um, I I really do like uh, a lot of the physical scenes with, with Travis sort of uh, carrying him. You can really tell the, the worry when it comes to how uh, Travis is sort of viewing this situation, um, especially the, the very last uh, last line when he's, when he's saying sorry. But also I, I really do like how Scott is sort of dipping in and out of this like dream-like state and it really makes me wonder like what the lasting e- effects of this e- event could be or you know are, are these only just sort of uh, t- temporary side effects for his mind being being messed with by by a, a ghost mm-hmm. um, but yeah either way i think that this is of course a really solid um i guess part part two I have a feeling that this will probably keep on going and we might get more of Scott, which I think would be a really mm-hmm. good choice. Yeah, um, I feel like this piece is a little bit directionless. Like It feels like it mm-hmm. is one section in a, a larger piece. It focuses a lot on just that disorientation. Um, but I don't necessarily think that's like an importantly um, bad thing or anything, especially within the context of a longer piece, which I think this is. Um but yeah, it does seem like the main thing is just this exploration of this this confusion and disorientation, and I think that was that was well done. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, all right, our last story for this week is by No Goodbye with Icon. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is sort of a reminiscence on um, the concept of a of 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 a superhero like Superman. So it is from a a disgruntled uh, comics shop employee, except everyone sort of thinks that it's just because um, that the main character doesn't like um, the popularity of these new comics because they're like mainstream, but no, it's just because the, this, this icon that they once looked up to um, named um, luminous uh, used to be really like a great proponent of change and positivity and saving people. And this main character really viewed them as um, an important figure um, for like social progress. But at this point, like they are just kind of a symbol of nationalist power. Um, they fight alongside the military to uh, take over these evil foreign nations. Um, they they wear the colors of the of the of the nation and and I, I like this bit where 
um, the main character sort of is uh, addressing Luminous um, and makes the comment that, um, do you know that the Nazis were your emblem too? Part of their whole master race bullcrap or whatever. Whenever you do speak out for the marginalized, which I do appreciate, despite how you sound like a shadow of your former self, they think you're doing it against your will, which is so, I don't know, it feels so, um, that is something that happens, right? Where the right wing just takes these, um, otherwise progressive icons or critical icons like Captain America or whatever that they're normally used to actually criticize, um, a lot of right wing things right captain america is often a foil to um the america's actions right because it's he sort of represents their the original well the idealistic ideals mm-hmm. not the reality but those ideals of which america kind of fails to love love up to in the same yeah. way like the punisher kills cops and is actually very anti-cop but cops love him because you know they they just like the shooting and stuff and the killing because, of criminals yeah because he he killed the the bad guy without due process yeah we love we love um a judge jury and executioner same thing with <laughs> judge dread it's the exact same thing like he's basically yeah. a parody of that whole thing they're like actually it's a really bad thing to be judge jury and ex- executor but they yeah, yeah they, they but love yeah. it but the cops have have also uh, co-opted that, which I think is hilarious. Because I mean, yeah, as you said, Judge Judge Dredd is just a straight parody of what would happen if cops had free free reign to do anything. Yeah, and it doesn't turn out really well. Actually, it's yeah, almost it's, like it's an that's awful, not awful world. Yeah, a good way to uh, perform justice. But anyway, um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting and good exploration of that topic. It's obviously um been current for a while now um the boys i think does a very similar thing except in that one um the the superman um xb i think is what it's called and it's just like the same character just like with the name changed mm-hmm. uh it's just clearly just like a bad guy like he's not even he, he he's not illusioned really about it yeah um uh which is actually i i guess it would be the the opposite of the issue within the story because the, the 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 issue within this is that this that this icon used to really fight for for what they believed in um and then you know over time they have uh they have been uh, co- they have been co-opted to do other things but in the boys homeland homelander never believed in anything that he fought for mm-hmm. um only to start to co-op uh, n- negative things later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, I guess it would be a converse w- within that sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, on this story, I, I I really do like this this sort of musing on what is a superhero. Why do we need superheroes? And just you know how how things change over time. Yeah, and, and how they are. If they don't, you know, take actually the effort to make sure that they're being used in the right way, they will be used in in wrong ways. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, I just think that uh, this, like, through reading this, you, you can really just understand this uh, main uh, character's gripe, and you know why they are so dis uh, uh, disgruntled with, I guess, current the the current state of of heroes so yeah i think that this is a very accomplished piece 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ha <laughs> Well, actually, I think it's time to say if our audience wants to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit their story to do the right thing, you can do that by going to slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. That's right. If you want to see the words as soon as they come out, as well as the announcement that this episode would be one day late on account of uh, Thanksgiving events and your finals, um, then you can do that by following us on Twitter at RightThingCast and hitting that notification bell. You also would have gotten the words the second they came out. So, um, yeah, you just get a notification. Well, maybe we should ping you and, and give you an at and be like, hey, get, get in your story. I want to talk about it. I need your story. Go, go yeah. post it. Type mm-hmm. a little a little little story about a little dog about walking walking a little dog and the crazy hijinks that you and this little dog get up to. That's what I want to read. Post mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and also if you want to support us and and everything else happening in Doof Media, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate ten dollars or or more per month to get access to exclusive bonus content, including uh, a a latest episode of a Doof Overs and. Uh, the Doof Media Network's Doof After Dark. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of different ones at this point uh, from all the, the different podcasts. They're very entertaining to listen to. Um, there's also plenty of teasers if you haven't listened to some of the bonus content shows. I know over on the Doofcast, there's been a couple episodes of Freeman Bros, uh, one in which um, it was uh, Matt and Daniel Freeman as well as uh, Scott um, talking about... Um, video games, and I think mostly talking about EverQuest, which is kind of funny because um, they hate it. <laughs> um, but they also love it, and uh, I don't know. It was good. And also over um, I think it's the same place, or at the very least, uh, you can find everything on our YouTube channel, um, such as The High Ground, which is a really, really funny show to listen to. Um, there's plenty of other ones. If you like Pale um, uh, or, or in, and you like Pact, um, the Pale in Comparison show uh, by Jenny Amalia, they also have um, sort of a bonus content thing with their mother also reading Pact and getting her perspectives, and that's always very um, entertaining. Um, and there's a bunch of other things. Uh, right now, at the end of this week, is the uh, book club um, for the seven and a half deaths of Everlyn Hardcastle. So if you um, have not listened to that, you get a chance um, this next Friday, December 3rd, um, so that'll be really cool. I'm, I'm hoping to tune in on that, even though I haven't read the book. Just sometimes it's just really nice to, to just be there for a conversation and see what's going on. Um, obviously be ready to be spoiled if you haven't read the <laughs> book. But, um, and there's a bunch of other, um, things going on at all times. I, I also wanted to say another couple things of like, um, I believe Pale Reflections has just reached its 100th episode. Ooh. Um, I think they, they streamed it this, this past week and we were just not able to get an announcement out on time. Um, but, uh, they do do live recordings on the Discord. So if you want to be present for a live recording and submit your questions and such, go to, uh, doofmedia.com slash Discord. Nice, nice. Well, all right. I think it's high time to roll on into next week's words. Hell yeah. So what are they, Jarvis? Yes, so next week, next lovely, fantastic, stupendous week, the words are urge, shy, gear, and cane. Some fun words. So an urge Mm -hmm. is the desire to do something. Usually it is short-lived and stronger than just a generic desire. So um, when you get close to a very high 
um, high point and you're looking over the edge, you might get the urge to jump, um, which is a really weird feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you get there's there's sexual urges. That's also a thing. Um, you got any others, Jarvis? Um, you get a urge to uh, purge. Dance. Urge on to purge, purge on purge night. Is that a Rick and Morty reference? Did you just reference Rick and Morty on this podcast? No, I was referencing the purge. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I just feel like that's the line that they would say on that one episode of Rick and Morty. But well, probably yeah, be, because that okay. that like uh, whole episode was a parody of the purge. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I yes, I. Okay. The next word is shy, which is to not um, be very um, brave or outgoing, to be sort of reticent and sort of uh, guarded, but not in a like hostile way, but in a um, careful way, in a way that yeah. you don't want to get hurt, you don't want to get made fun of, you don't want to embarrass yourself. That's ma- yeah. makes you shy. Um, and um, I think animals can be very shy as well. Is another thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of the objects can be shy, but I would love to see it. Um, the next word is gear, um, gear, which there is, it is the sort of toothed uh, circle often used in clockwork devices, but in a bunch of other things too. You change gears on your bike, on your car, or any sort of mm-hmm. mechanic, which is when they switch the the chain or, um, uh, actually, I don't know what it is in the car, but for bikes, it's a chain from mm-hmm. the smaller gear where you have to pedal harder to make it go a smaller uh, distance, but you know the force that you do put in does make you go a lot faster yeah. over also, to the larger gear, where mm-hmm. that force is distributed over a larger period of of space. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Also, gear is another word for steroids. Is it? I did not know that. Yeah. You could write about Metal Gear, the the mm-hmm. video game series solid, with the yeah. mechs. Yes, yeah, Solid Snake. <laughs> Um, you can also do a, a a steampunk story. That's right. Those typically involve a lot of gears. You could um, kick it up into next gear or the high higher gear, which is where like something goes from a slower speed to a much higher and more intense speed in the story or mm-hmm. situation ship. Um, and the last one is cane, which is a um, stick that is used to. Um, help the elderly walk. Although you can also cane someone, which would be to hit someone with that stick. Yeah. Or you can eat cane sugar, which uh, is sugar that grows in the shape of canes, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so tell me. Candy next canes. Week. Next week. Tell yes. me, though. Tell me, tell me. Uh-huh. What story, what ten-word story are you going to write? Um. Okay, ten words. Okay. Shy old man. Um, gets urge to cane nurses parentheses at the nursing home don't count those words it's just the nurses at the nursing home mm-hmm. so nurses kick it into higher gear and they cane him Okay. That's under 20 words. That's something. Yeah. That's under 20. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. So all the nurses caned the old man. He did, he did deserve it. He was fighting back. Like it was yeah, like yeah, a yeah. whole like sword fight kind of thing so with the canes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, honestly, and, and I think that 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 qualifies as self 
defense, I think. Yes, yeah. I mean, it was proactive. They just knew he was going to do it, but he was moving very slowly. So they were able to, like, all get armed with canes. Like, they went over to the, to the lockers where there's a bunch of canes inside all the lockers, and they took out the, the canes, and they sort of, they like, like, they whipped them around like they were batons, and they, mm-hmm. just, they just whipped his face with them. But he, like, blocked... And he like dodged and roll and it, but every time he rolled, he like broke some bones. Um, <laughs> he took out like four of them, four of the nurses with just good cane hits. Um, mm-hmm. One has like a puncture wound from the cane because he just he just poked it that hard. Jabbed him, yeah. Ouch. Jabbed that hard, yeah. No, it was pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Um, oh. There was a hall. It was a hallway fight, hallway scene. One shot. Oh yeah, like in um, one single old boy shot. Like it what? Like an old boy. Old boy. It's I don't have famous, no idea what that is. It's a famous action movie where there is a very highly um, acclaimed and then also copied uh, hallway fight fight scene. Uh, after this, I'm, I'm going to s- send it to you. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Maybe we can watch it before this episode ends. We can just Man. leave the recording on as I watch Old Boy. Old Boy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or at least the hallway scene. All right. Mm-hmm. What is your um, your two word story? Two word story. Okay. Um, you have to use all four words. Got it. Got it. Um, Shycane hyphenated. Mm hmm. Gear urge also hyphenated. Okay. Could you interpret what that means to me? Yeah. 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 So uh, this story is about a cane who has gained its own sentience and uh it it has been very shy about Mm -hmm. being used since its first user Mm -hmm. died of Um, course but um basically this uh young kid has to have surgery on his right leg so then he he needs a a cane Uh but um he's also a a a heavy kid so the cane has to take steroids Right, so that, gear. Uh, yeah, gear. gear. So that uh, he can help this th- this kid because this so this can cane, get a really beefy cane. Yeah, exactly. Because you know this this cane does want to be useful now. So so he has a urge to get to to get some gear and hold and hold this kid up. Wow, this is really heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think it was the right thing for you to do to talk oh. about this this to this heavy kid and this cane mm-hmm. and his, his little right cane. Yeah. Always the right thing. Actually, you know what? I think the old man in my story was that kid. Actually, <gasps> later on in life, yes. Yeah, yeah, he was beat to death with canes. So I I think it kind of that's his comeuppance. Yes, perfect.